So I just got um, together um, right in between shooting some stuff, and um, there are countless thousands of churches, yet even millions, that are just trying to figure out what in the world are we going to do. Uh, businesses. And I've been on this word about Accelerate, uh, guys, and this is Pastor Torrance Moore, who is the uh, assistant pastor of the Lighthouse Church, and this is Pastor Hammond, who is the campus pastor of our West location. And we thought we'd just get together and discuss it. So, guys, I, I was looking at how everybody's fearful and how everybody is scared. and But successful people, um, and that doesn't just mean monetarily, they understand that these are times where great industries are built. You can look back in the days of the Great Depression and, and Carnegie and Ford and, and all of those people, how they reared through that, and they were made billionaires through that difficult time. And... Uh, how the same thing happened in the recession of 2008 and how the same thing is going to happen now. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at companies like Target where they are hiring and giving $2 raises, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so there's a certain uh, kind of thing that's needed in order to lead in chaos. And so, you know, as everybody's at home and quarantined mm -hmm. and I get a chance to talk to them all the time, I wanted them to hear the brilliance of your mind as well. And what are some of your thoughts about leading in chaotic times? Me, myself, uh, specifically, Pastor, it, it reminds me um, of your book, uh, specifically as it relates to shifts. We see um, a lot of these Fortune 500 companies that are having to make shifts, even how they do business, acquire goods, even my company uh, specifically is, are doing those things. And so just say that, because most people don't know that you're bivocational and that you have a successful uh, career. So kind of tell them what you mean by that company and what all of that is all about and what you do. So briefly, uh, our company, our industry, we're, we're the largest death care provider in North America. We uh, own funeral homes and cemeteries, so we, we handle uh, folks' loved ones at a tough time, one of the tough times of their lives. Uh, and so with that, uh, we have people that are passing away just because of its normal passing. Then we have uh, families that we receive into our care that are um, you know, may have COVID-19. And so with those shifts, we've had to readjust our, our frontline associates and ensure that they're safe at the same time, still give um, that same model, which is our brand dignity, give them uh, that dignity that they deserve. And you guys are the largest in the nation. So um, there are people who are watching at church, watching from churches, and they may not have access to people like you uh, because one of the things that we've done here uh, to help build our ministry is that we have access to people who have access to knowledge. So when I, when I in effect, leverage him, I also leverage all of the knowledge that he has. So what are some of the things uh, that you see at your Fortune 500 company? What are some of the things they're enacting? So uh, re revisiting how we uh, leverage our suppliers and, and get supply right now, uh, we see even our first responders in, in hospitals and uh, public servants, they can't get the materials that they need. Our associates are the same. We're going to receive loved ones as they pass away. Our, our associates have to be protected just like uh, a doctor or a nurse. So we're having to reinvent, if you will, how we acquire those goods, where we get it, the supply chain lines that are, are stagnated at this point because things are coming from overseas. Some of those supply chain lines are congested or the same materials that uh, from some of the places that are heavily infected are producing those goods. So we're actually leveraging associates, getting some from 
common stores that you and I may go, as well as the Lord's provider. That's amazing. So one of those buzzwords that you just heard him talk about is reinvent. So you got to reinvent yourself uh, at a time of a crisis. Absolutely. Um, and just just to go back right right off of what uh, Pastor Hammond was talking about, you know, I think every in situations like this, everybody's concerned about losing the norm, like what's normal, wow. you know. And so so one of my key words I really uh, stand on is, is adaptability. Like we have to be able to adapt uh, and find new norms. Be okay with finding a new norm because right now we're shifting. I think everything that's happening is in line with what's going on. The shift, uh, reinventing yourself. I think we have to be, be okay finding new norms because now I have a new way of now of communicating with the people that that, that, I, that I lead. Mm. So I have to do a lot of things by our communication system, tele, telegram. You know, create a video, uh, send out messages. I'm still talking to you, but I'm just finding a new way to do it. Yeah. And being okay with that. Now I make more phone calls. You know, let me let me hear your voice. Let me talk to you ear to ear or mouth to mouth to ear because I want you to be able to know that church can still happen, business can still happen, even though the uh, the world is changing. So it's forcing us to do what we should have been doing. In the first and, and we've been relying on millions of dollars in real estate to leverage relationships where yeah. we still got to talk to each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. I was talking <clears throat> to, to a mentor of mine, and I said, the thing that it taught me is that... Um, you can't, the most disingenuous thing you can do in a relationship is to do a certain thing when you need a person and then we no longer need them, then you stop. Isn't that like the complaint of yeah. everybody? Like yeah. when they first got me, they used to do this yeah. and then yeah. they stopped. Yeah. And I thought there are churches all around the world. There are people all around the world. Every time I get on Instagram, you know how it has the little icons up top who you follow? Mm -hmm. Now it just says live on everybody's circle. It's like everybody's live. <laughs> and I'm like, why? You know, why are we all live? I mean, this idea that we're having a FaceTime phone call literally yeah, yeah. for everybody to watch. I'm like, okay, I get yeah, it, but yeah, I ain't doing yeah, it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But here's going to be the problem. And I want you to war against this. And I want you to think about it that I said it today on the 28th of March. Um, whenever you view this, people will do it now. But when yes. things level out, they will stop. And then they will wonder why they lost traction on Instagram. They'll wonder why they lost traction. The, the, the basics of any relationship is whatever you did to get me, you got to do to keep me. Mm -hmm. yes, and so sir. what I'm saying yes, to our staff and what I'm saying to all of our people, don't give me any ideas that you can't continue. That's good. Mm -hmm. Let's not go hard on the Internet and, and streaming services if y'all not going to give me the same quality even when Absolutely. the building is full Absolutely. because whatever you did to get them, you're going to have to do yes, to keep them. Is that, is that, is that I, how you I guys I can agree think? with that. I, so it's easy to say now that the church has made us lazy mm. because now that we have the building and all these millions of dollars of real estate, people come here and it's easy to say, how you doing? Let me check on you when you're face to face. But now that the, uh, the, the landscape has changed, now I have to make, I have to come out of my comfort zone, make more effort, adapt. Because when everybody's here, how you doing? I can love you, put my arms around you. But it's hard to do that when I'm dealing with social distancing. Mm. I don't want to be close. You might have coronavirus, things like that. I, let's break the, the norm. Let's get out of, out of our laziness and get back to doing the way church is supposed to be done. Because, you know, think about Christ built the church in conditions just like this. Just like and this. Just like this. He built the church in con conditions 
similar to these, and I believe that he's given us an opportunity to really be examples of what love, the what would Jesus do? Mm. Yeah, this is what he would do. He would get out there and connect and, and build relationships. Even and while you were talking, it, it just um, came into me, you know, it's almost uh, getting back to the basics, if you will. Absolutely. We've gotten so uh, used to mm. technology and yeah. things uh, being at our arm's reach, uh, but picking up the phone or going to someone's home, I had a friend that went door to door to visit some of their relatives. They, they had the, the gloves and the mask the on, mask, they knocked yeah. on the door, said, I just want to check on you. But those tangible things that we can do outside of the, the comforts or as Pastor said, the accoutrements of life, we can we can get back to the basics. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, when I when I wrote that book, I had no idea that it was prophetic, that yeah. we would literally be in a ship. Do you know that the day the book released was the same day that Mayor Turner named the 24th of March Keon yeah. Henderson Day, which was yeah. the same day that he gave the, uh, the speech yeah, about speech. us having to be quarantined. Wow. So here I am on the day I have an event scheduled for a couple thousand people to come up to launch the book. The next day I was going to be in Vegas. The next day I was going to be in L.A. Uh, the day after that. So I was going to be here, then in Vegas, then in L.A. with Pastor Teray at one church, and then uh, in Jersey with uh, Pastor Darius Daniels on that Sunday. Those, I mean, we had it set up then from there to Atlanta, from Atlanta. to We had all of this stuff, and all of it canceled. Yeah. Yeah. All of it went away. Yeah. And... I could have gotten discouraged. I could have gotten discouraged because I'm like, okay, here we go again. And y'all know my life is always marked by some tomfoolery. Something <laughs> always happens when when thing it never happens normal. And then I wake up three days later and it's number one on Amazon. Wow. And I'm like, okay, that's that's God continuously showing me that that He always has my back. And then I had to realize something. I thought about something. As I look at this this bottle of Lysol, everybody's around stranded. You know, they stranded everywhere on stuff. I see. Did y'all see that one video when they first had it and the kid came home from school and the mama was spraying the yeah, kid spraying up and down? Nah, I said my tea. Y'all had to give me this tea real clean right now. And 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 I saw him squirting that stuff, and I thought to myself, I said, "Isn't it amazing how we always depend on what's inside of the vessel?" not realizing the vessel itself could be contaminated. contaminated. And and what do you do when the answer is in the thing that's contaminated? <laughs> wow. Like, what, what do you do when you are a leader full of knowledge, but you're not touchable? Wow. Mm. In this time, because now the vessel has to be clean inside and out. You, you gotta be pure, you gotta be, you gotta be able to speak in, you gotta be reachable because, you know, Overnight, everybody became a televangelist. Overnight, <laughs> it didn't matter how big your building was. Oh, Every e overnight, everybody got put on the same playing field. And yeah. your church just started. Uh, what? Just you had service two, two weeks. Yeah, two Sundays. And then all of a sudden, it's off. It's off. I mean, you were you were doing what you're doing with the counseling ministry here at the church, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, uh, I was looking at one pastor. He did a virtual wedding. Mm -hmm. He married people online. You remember, it used to be a time, I don't want nobody to marry me but my preacher. He got to be there. You ain't got no choice now. Right. Yeah. You got to have yeah. empty funerals now and empty weddings. Yeah, we are in a shift, man. Yeah, in a shift. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, would you agree, Pastor, that the shift is always preceded by 
uh, something that slows you down or, or causes isolation. Mm. Wow. Well, let's think about it. The, the church, so Jesus Christ comes into an earth, mm -hmm. into a mother, isolated. Isolation. Then he goes into the wilderness and Isolation. prays, isolated. Wow. And then he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, isolated. And then he goes into the tomb, isolated. And then he goes back to be at the right hand of the Father. Yes. And look at how all of that isolation has built the church. And then it's left up to disciples who are now ostracized and isolated. Now John is on the Isle of Patmos, isolated. isolated. So I think that isolation does precipitate elevation and shift. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Joseph had to go in the pit, isolated. Daniel Lyons then, isolated. Hebrew boys, fiery furnace, isolated. Yeah, yeah. And, and if maybe some of y'all feel alone right now, and maybe this is what God is doing, he's setting you up for a comeback. I heard it said this way, a setback is nothing more than a setup for a comeback. Absolutely. So let me flip this. For a pastor like myself, for Pastor Torrance, dealing with the fact that hey we've had these dates set up for a tour yeah and this book release and a book signing and a life's work that have that has uh, transpired uh, help us how do we uh, in our shifts uh, that we deal with for something as monumental as a, a personal achievement uh, give us some tangible things that um, that you were able to do to embrace that shift so it took me, people say, you know, how long did it, did it take to write the book? That's the question I get all the time because a lot of people aspire to be authors. Mm -hmm. I tell them 38 years. It took me 38 years. Life. It took my life, man. It took my life. You have to embrace everything about it. I, I looked at Bishop Jake's post something yesterday. He posted about the book, and I read his caption. And can't nobody talk like him. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and he talked about how much trauma that I'd gone through. Did you, yeah, you saw that? Yes. Yeah. I had to realize that every time I had a traumatic experience, what did I do? I pick up the phone and I call him. I didn't realize until we spoke yesterday how much trauma I've laid at his feet. And I embraced it all. I accepted it all. And I fought through it all. The biggest lesson I would say to you, you, and anybody who's watching, if you don't get to the place where you accept that trauma, that defeat, that hiccup, that left turn, that valley, that mountain, if you don't embrace it as a part of the journey, you will spend more time mad at the hill than you are climbing it. Mm, that's true. And if you stay at the feet of the hill and you curse the hill because it's too high and you curse the hill because it's surrounded by snakes and you curse the hill because you don't have any friends on it, you will waste all of your time in the valley. You got to climb that thing. Because I'm yeah. telling you that the thing that is after you does not have the same energy to climb the hill that you have because it's not their hill. It's, it's not their desire. It's not their end all be all. So you got to embrace it. You got to fight, not cry in private, but don't ever do it in public. Don't ever do it in public. It's, it's through all of that trauma that I've had to live through, whether it was uh, people not telling the truth about that or blogging about this. I never fought in publicly. I never fought in public because anything you fight publicly, you make bigger. Mm. You make bigger. Do mm. not give your enemies the satisfaction of discussing them publicly. You deal with that stuff mm. privately. You find somebody you can trust, get you some strategies, and always understand that when a person loses or a thing loses control over you, the next strategy is to change the way people see you. But you have to be patient enough to know that smart people know the difference. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
So I am, I'm just excited to spend it. Very rarely do we get a time to sit down like this and rap. Uh, it's been amazing, man. It's been, it's been glorious. Any final thoughts? From you guys, because I don't, I don't know, I don't took over, and I'm oh, sorry, man, I didn't you mean do to do, do it, man. You do it, you do it. No, any, man. Any final words? I just want to say congratulations on the book, man. Wonderful, and you know, you doing this didn't shock me. <laughs> it didn't shock me. Like way back at the school, I said, "Hey, Reverend, yeah, we're gonna be at ten thousand, man, and you're gonna do global ministry, and yeah. you're gonna do it big, and all those things are just coming to pass. So you, you're never shocked by what you expect." Mm. So I expected this all to take place. I expected to have campuses going around the world. Uh, I thought we had probably about 14, but now I think we're moving slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're moving slow, but well, I didn't know. Let me tell you this, we would not be here if it were not for the Lord, number one. Absolutely. Number two, if it were not for you. You have been as loyal and fervent, and you are smart and intelligent mm -hmm. and courageous. Um, my name is on the sign, but your name is on the structure. Right. And uh, I thank you, man. You've been, you've been amazing. Thank you. You've been amazing. Just a final thing. Uh, one of the things that uh, came to mind uh, that, I, that I learned from, from work, but also following you, um, and our CEO put out a message, um, and I'm so thankful that you have the same mantra, um, that sometimes in tough times, a, a leader has to be visible. They've got to make decisions, but those that follow that leader have to support them mm -hmm. uh, and echo their voice. That was Absolutely. a message that we got mm -hmm. as a leadership. Echo, echo the voice of the leader. Support their decision um, and and keep outreach driven. So I, I'm thankful to be uh, connected to um, this part of the shift in your life. Uh, I wasn't on the first part, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grateful for this part. Uh, I'm just excited about what God is gonna do through of the lighthouse churches, and I always say that put the S on the end, yeah, that's uh, good. because we are we're a growing community, and uh, God is up to some great things uh, through this. Well, there you have it, um, Keon Henderson, Torrance Moore, Demon Hammond. Uh, we are three leaders that God is using to shift this ministry. And let me say this as we close: we always thank the people on the camera, but there are more people behind these cameras Absolutely. right now than in front. So to all of you, all of the audio technicians, all of the cameramen and women, all of the sound engineers, all of those of y'all who are making it possible for pastors to continue uh, to come in selfishly and put yourself at risk, we thank you. Yes. On behalf of every pastor across America and big across the world, we give you a big hand big clap hand. for standing behind those cameras and holding those tripods and making those mic levels where they are. and. We speak in 15 minutes, and then you have to go edit for 15 hours. Thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. We love you, and God bless you. We'll see you next time.